This is a Radio 191 FM podcast. Hello, Hannah. How are you doing today? Hello, Abby. I'm I'm good, actually. Been for a run, done some things. Um... It's a lockdown, by the way, when we're recording this, so... Yeah. We're deep into it. Well, welcome anyway to Let's Go for Coffee with Hannah and Abby. Uh, we've just released our first episode yesterday, and oh my goodness, the response for you guys was so lovely. Yeah. Like, so heartwarming. Because we weren't sure if this was going to be a good idea. It's hard to know. It is for sure hard to know what's kind of in your bubble and what's just thoughts that you have by yourself and then kind yeah. of what everyone else is thinking. So it's kind of nice that, I think quite a few people said that they found it super relatable and just a good listen, which is or you want to hear a relief, to honestly. <laughs> but this episode, we're going to be talking about, in the broad sense, confidence. Yeah, which I'm very excited for a conversation about. And I think talking about body and how we have improved our confidence um because it's certainly something that i've found fluctuates a lot um i mean going through the teenage years as anyone female male anything is um a difficult time for the confidence really uh so (laughs) it definitely goes through stages and chuck in a whole lot of social media to that and it can get pretty dicey yeah so we're gonna be going through it uh sharing our experiences and also just sharing some mindfulness things that we've come across that have really benefited us um, with social media, but also just in general in life. Um, Because I think the most beneficial thing you can learn is just mindfulness and not mindfulness as in like super intense yogi meditation, because that term always like turns me off and gives me the ick. Yeah. Even though I I love yoga, I love all that stuff, but for some reason it gives me the ick. Um, But just mindfulness in terms of like really actually listening to yourself and knowing what you're saying to yourself and, you know. Being aware of your thoughts and what. Yeah. Exciting things. I'm excited. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. Evie, do you want to kick us off with where you are at in terms of confidence? I'd love to. Um... So I would say I've always been a reasonably confident person in terms of just myself, knowing myself type mm-hmm. of thing. Doesn't mean it doesn't come with its challenges. I definitely go through peaks and troughs. I have vivid memories of whilst I was rowing, sitting at my kitchen bench crying because I thought my thighs were too big because they wouldn't fit into jeans that I bought like three years ago. Um even though I was going through puberty and obviously changing um, and like fluctuation of size is normal, but I just couldn't handle it. And even though no one else could see what I was seeing, it was really deep into my brain. I would say I'm confident. The weird thing is I would say I'm confident about how other people see me, but I'm not confident about how I see myself. I think that's a really good point because I would agree that I am very confident in terms of how I relate and present to others Mm, yeah which kind of makes me cringe saying but yeah that's something that I think I do well and I enjoy doing is that kind of social relationship and interaction and I think I'm quite good at it but I think the more real side of me it's like ugh, 
not comfortable in and not confident with and a hundred percent yeah I don't know I don't know about you but I get these constant like little criticisms in my head and like constant picking and I just pick it myself yeah even though like it's things that I would never pick at other people for and like they're not big issues and I if I step back from them I'm like it doesn't matter it just brings me down I agree I think I mean it's hard to be like I'm confident in insecurity because I think that's a really buzzy thing to say um but I think recently I've been a little more I guess accepting of insecurity and then that's super normal and super valid and everyone has it so in a weird way I think I am more confident in insecurity and that I'm aware of them and I haven't like rejected that trying to shove them down yeah but it's still something that obviously insecurity is insecurity and that means that you're just like not confident about it yeah this relates to everything like I struggle in confidence in terms of like thinking I have enough skills and I'm good enough to go into a workplace oh yeah it's not just body confidence per se like it's everything it's like confidence of like sometimes I think about how I talk and how I present myself to other people in conversations and I get super unconfident about like oh my god did I overpower the conversation or am I an overpowering mm-hmm. person you know like all those different types and facets of yeah. confidence no 100% and then when you're at low confidence points I feel like you doubt everything um yeah like I continually I'm like am I really annoying am I just annoying my <laughs> friends all the time because <laughs> sometimes I take a step back and I'm like god Hannah you're just like so annoying (laughs) I yeah I get that too where I'm like oh my god are people just rolling their eyes right now like am I just speaking too much am I saying too much am I acting like a know-it-all and like I just want to stop myself and like crawl into a ball and then half the time it's like no one's even yeah better than that a big one for myself and I know a lot of people is body confidence yeah and body image we can't shy away from that one she's a she's present ugly beast (laughs) whether it's like looking at yourself in the mirror looking at yourself on a scale like all those different photos of of yourself as well yeah like comparisons even clothing sizes like all those different types of things like there's so many measurements and comparisons in the world that it's very easy to create issues with confidence in those areas I feel Mm. oh absolutely I'd agree with that um and I know certainly if you've listened to the last episode released about eating disorders um body was a huge part of that that I didn't really acknowledge I don't think until like further down the line into recovery like I just thought it was separate and it was an eating issue and that was because I don't think I present myself as a really like, I try to keep my value, as other people perceive it, away from my body in a really kind of meta way. Because, I mean, we'll get onto this in a little bit, but um, with social media, like, I don't post stuff on my body because I don't want people to judge me for that because that's not something that I think Are I... yourself on? Well, uh, yeah, I must do, though. But, like, I don't want people to think that I value myself on that because that's, like, vain. It's pretty hard to separate yourself from your body, I feel. Like, you are your body. That's true. You know, like, there's so many things you can, like, separate yourself from. You can change your hair color. You can change your style. You can change how you talk, how you act. But it's very, like, your body is your body. It kind of sticks with you. Yeah, like, you're kind of stuck with it. Yeah. 
This is such a hard one. I would say that I struggle from body dysmorphia, but I am so scared to say that because I'm like, I like, how do I know if I do? Mm-hmm. You know? It's such like a big term that like when I read about it and when I look at, listen to other people talk about it and everything, I'm like, yeah, I relate to everything like that and I feel the same way. For those um, listening who may not know what body dysmorphia is, are you able to give it like a kind of a rundown of what it is? So it's a mental illness involving obsessive focus on a perceived flaw in appearance. The flaw may be minor or imagined, but the person may spend hours a day trying to fix it. For a lot of people, I know it's over-accentuating flaws that like are very, like not even, they're not flaws. Like what is a flaw? It's not a flaw, but it's something that they just obsess over and obsess over and try and do different things over. Or for a lot of people also it's like not knowing what their body looks like for me it's like I don't know because it it just every time I look at it it's different and it changes and I look at photos and it's different and I can't decide like I'm like do I look like that person do I look like that person like I genuinely can't gauge where I'm at yeah it almost feels like when you say a word over and over and over and then suddenly it just sounds like it's not a word anymore and you have no like concept of what it is yeah when you look at a word, like when you write it down heaps and you're like, mm, I don't think that's written right. And it is written right. But you just like, you just can't grasp it. Yeah. Anymore. Everything just looks weird. And what is normal? Yeah. I. Yeah. Oh my God. I haven't even thought about it that way, but that is. <laughs> and a lot of it for me is like, because I don't know what I look like. And a, that brings a lot of discomfort because it's like, ah, like, and all, because all I've got to judge myself on is like size and mm-hmm. clothing numbers and stuff like that. And really arbitrary measures because like we all know that clothing sizes are so arbitrary i can fit a size six pant and a size 12 pant bonkers because they're all different yeah like literally i went to go to a store last holidays to buy these pants and i bought my normal size yeah and then they were way too big so then i went down a size went down another size i ended up at a size six I haven't been at a size six since, like, I want to say when I was 11. Yeah, that's pretty nuts. Like, that's just me. Me knowing, you know, my size. And I was like, what the hell? And you know the sad thing is that I got a little bit of a confidence Yeah, I was going to say, what, like, emotional reaction did you have to that? I was like, oh, my God. Like, look at me in a size six. Skinny legend. And you could be like, oh, it's not a proper size six. But what's a proper size six? Like, there's no proper anything. All the sizes for clothes are so different. Yeah. No, I completely relate to that experience. It was like, you know objectively that your body is like the same, but it's suddenly somehow an achievement or an accomplishment to be like lesser. And it's just so nuts. And then you kind of beat yourself up because you're like, oh my God, like I'm getting enjoyment out of the fact that I'm enjoying this lower size, but it's not actually this lower size. So like, you're just being stupid and like, yeah, and it just goes around and around in my head. Or if you've got like a t-shirt or something or... That's probably a bad example, but I think we're often inclined to buy something that's a bit smaller or like doesn't quite fit right to yeah. be a lo- like lesser size. Then if we were to like actually buy what's comfortable and makes us feel supported and good. I often do that. I often will like be in between two sizes. I'm often in between two sizes because my body shape doesn't fit the normal clothing body shape yeah we're not models we're not models we're just, uh, yeah. actually i mean we could be models yeah. but that's that's an issue for the industry not an issue for us 
Great point. Um, <laughs> but I'll often try and fit into the smaller size for my own self, even though, like, oftentimes it won't look better. Yeah. No, agreed. 100%. And it, it's totally a mindset thing. And then, because it doesn't look better and because it's kind of tight, I'll feel shit about myself and then I won't end up even wearing it that much. Mm-hmm. And then I, like, bag myself because I'm like, oh, you should have got the bigger size. You're just so, like, caught up in, like, trying to be smaller than you are and you're not. Yeah. Yeah, clothes are really interesting. And I know that um, I tend to dress in a way that kind of... Like, I wear a lot of oversized stuff and, like, not form-fitting things. Because I... I mean, recently I kind of realised that I totally try and ignore my body completely. The existence of it. Which sounds so whack. But genuinely, I wear a lot of, like, black on black on black and really oversized stuff just to kind of make a body like my body not a feature of me and to try and ignore it and avoid it as much as possible yeah I think it's more from like the perceived judgment of others that it's Mm. like they can't almost like the Billie Eilish not my responsibility like spoken wordy song thing that she released of you can't see my body but you still judge me for it and it's that kind of concept of me trying to minimize judgment from others because I mean if you're in a state where you don't like your body, you just assume that other people aren't going to like it. And then yeah. that's a reflection of you and them not liking you. So then you kind of dress and try and to, I guess, mask that. Um, and I do know that as I gain, I mean, confidence just for me is super all over the place. But when I am feeling more self-assured and confident in who I am, I tend to dress way more like bright and wear like weird things that I found in an op shop and just that kind of thing and then certainly as it deteriorates just for enjoyment yeah and it really um I find I wouldn't say my confidence expresses itself through my clothes but it's really obvious for me at least yeah um yeah feeling good in what you're wearing is like a whole new euphoria of just like confidence yeah it's this weird thing of like if you like what you're doing, you generally don't really look at what other people are thinking about it or, like, think about what other people are thinking about it. Yeah. But if you don't like what's going on, then you think that everyone doesn't like it and it just kind of, like, brings that back. Yeah, I think we like to think that we're good at being objective, but the reality is we're just so influenced by how we feel and then how we perceive others to be feeling. Um, exactly. Which isn't... A great basis to place your self-value and worth and confidence. Absolutely not. It's a big old issue in itself. I find, see, I find, I find clothing so interesting because for me, I've always been very... You dress nicely. I've always been interested in fashion and clothing and it's my parents' industry. So Mm -hmm. it's always been present in my life and I love it. But yeah, it's really hard to feel good when you don't like what you're wearing or if you feel like it doesn't look good on you and it's so interesting because I keep stumbling across these things of people going they don't make clothes for you to fit into the clothes are made for you Mm -hmm. you're not made for the clothes and I'm like wow like that is so true and the other analysis was like when you go shoe shopping you don't try and squeeze into a shoe that doesn't fit like it just doesn't fit yeah you know, you don't even, like, overanalyze it. You're not like, oh, my God, my feet are so big. You're just like, oh, it's not my size. Long size, stupid shoe. Yeah, stupid shoe. But for some reason, we can't do the same with clothing because it f- represents something different, which I think is 
such a hard mindset to change but so stupid like I wish I could go shopping and just like objectively look at clothes and be like actually I just don't like that on myself yeah and it's not your fault yeah and no fault to your body either I know but oh jean shopping oh my god <laughs> I want to cry every time I go yeah jean shopping. well you have to be in like the best mood to like try and buy a new bikini like that whole thing as well it's like the lights and the mirror oh my and God. yeah put me on a beach in a bikini and i feel fabulous like no matter what i look like i feel fabulous on the beach in a bikini with the sun shining down on me i oh i feel amazing <laughs> because i'm just happy and content in that moment and i really don't care what i look like which i know isn't the same for everyone but just yeah, like me a personally experience i can't relate to but i'm thrilled for you genuinely but like, bikini shopping yeah. like in the store i feel like i look horrible just the lighting and like generally i don't have my tan at that point yeah. so we went and got a tan we got a free tan oh, yeah like earlier this like year a spray tan. yeah they needed some people to test it out mm -hmm. on and we were like yeah sure why not the confidence boost oh. i got from that spray tan was insane and it was literally like night and day like my body didn't change at all but suddenly i felt amazing yeah that kind of whole an experience like that just really reiterates how mental and psychological confidence is like it's so detached from what your body actually looks like or any of those things it's totally a mindset like i thought after the spray tan my stomach looked amazing and toned but for some reason i thought it looked not nice Beforehand. before it yeah even though like nothing had changed it was wild and i was very aware that that was happening but it's something that I guess you can't, well, you can change through time, but in that moment you can't change because that's just your brain's reaction. Yeah, I think it's really important that when you have those experiences as well, that you kind of sit down and go, okay, that whole thing has happened. And then kind of try and acknowledge and understand the kind of the before bit, if that makes mm -hmm. sense, and be like, this isn't my body changing, but obviously there's some narrative around it. So that when on the flip side you are feeling less confident, you can kind of be like, it's not my body's fault. There's also danger to it, right? Like I'm all for doing whatever makes you feel confident. You mm -hmm. know, like dressing however you want to. Yeah. If you want like nails, eyelashes, mm. fake tan, like, and that makes you feel good, do it. Like I, I love like anything that makes you feel good. If dark eye makeup makes you feel good, like whatever it is. Yeah. There's such a slippery slope from doing it because it makes you feel good to doing it because you think it's the only way you're gonna look good and you hate yourself without, without it. it. Yeah. Like yeah, you can put it on and everything, but at points in your life you're going to just be like bare bum baby naked, nothing on your face, nothing on your skin. It's at those points that you still wanna love yourself as well. Absolutely. And I think that's the tricky that part of it. That is the challenge, for sure. My mum doesn't put a lot of effort into her appearance. Mm -hmm. uh, she's never spent a long time doing her hair or doing her makeup or anything. Like She's always just been like, ready and go. So I grew up not really having that as part of my life. You just chucked on some clothes and went. Same with, yeah. Same with my mum. Yeah, like, I don't really think about, like, wearing makeup day to day or, like, doing my hair or anything like that. And that became very present for me. Especially, like, in uni, I think it's become very present for me. What's become present? Because, obviously, if you put makeup on and you spend an hour doing your hair, it's going to look nicer. Yeah. That's just, that's just the way it is. Like, it's not a good thing or a bad thing, necessarily. But it became very present to me that, like, if everyone else was putting effort into themselves 
and I wasn't, it made me feel worse about myself where I hadn't felt worse before. Mm. I still looked the same, but for some reason, because other people had shinier, silkier hair and their eyelashes looked long and their skin looked a little nicer and glowier, and I would look at myself and I was a little less of those things, I would criticize myself harsher for those things, even though they weren't an issue before. Right, so your kind of confidence was lowered as a result of you comparing your rawest (laughs) non-makeup face with their kind of glammed up versions and versions of normal. And I feel like people would hear that and be like, well, just put some makeup on then. (laughs) You know, like, Mm -hmm. just do what they're doing and then you'll feel the same. But I always fought against it because I was like, actually, that's not a part of my day that I want to do and I think the more important thing for me to do is to actually appreciate myself in this form that I enjoy rather than like trying to do what other people are doing just because yeah that kind of mentality of just like actually I acknowledge it but also it's a real personal challenge and important for me to work on valuing myself as I am rather than just competing to be equal in yeah, that kind of way. Because, like, sometimes I will put some mascara on or something if I'm feeling a little, like, oh, you know, I'd like to look a little nicer or something like that. Or mm-hmm. I'll straighten my hair or something like that. But that's a personal choice for me. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing it subconsciously just, like, every day because I feel like I have to. And I think I never wanted to get into that of feeling like I had to because it wasn't something that I enjoyed you know whereas like for other people it is something that they enjoy yeah so for them doing it every day is a like helpful beneficial enjoyable part of their day but it wasn't that for me so I knew that if I ended up doing it it was because you're kind of compensating for feeling worse about yourself yeah and I knew that it wasn't going to make me feel better about myself because like at the end of the day I was going to wipe off my makeup and I was going to sleep and my hair was going to get ratty (laughs) and I was going to wake up looking the same old me and I had to wake up and choose to like that person not dislike that person easier said than done but I also agree that I think I've been really lucky that from quite an early age I made a very strong decision that regardless of how I felt about my body or what I looked like or whatever like I was adamant to not let that stop me from doing things that I enjoyed and I think that comes from a belief that I can't work out like if it's good or not um but it's kind of the idea that I know for me I think fretting over low confidence feels like a really selfish issue like there's so many bigger things going on and it's so in my head and nobody else cares like literally nobody else cares and so when I'm kind of doubting whether I I don't know what's an example like going to the beach or a pool party or something I'm not feeling 100% and don't really want to but I'm kind of like this is the challenge and this is where you just go you're being selfish everyone else wants to hang out and nobody cares about your body go and do it interesting do you think that that is you just being mean to yourself in a different way by not letting yourself acknowledge your issues or insecurities with what's happening I don't know that was kind of like I'm like is it unhealthy or is it healthy I don't know because speaking of it as like selfish like being insecure or having problems that you're facing is never selfish like no matter how minuscule or massive they may appear to be in our like arbitrary system of what's big what's small if you're dealing with it it's important yeah I don't know 
I mean, that's that's the honest truth is I don't actually know, but it has, I think, helped me bite the bullet in those situations mm. where you're just like, ugh. Which I think is initially like a beneficial mindset to be like, just do it. Yeah. Because then generally once you're there, it's like not a problem. Yeah. Not always, obviously, and different people experience different things, but forcing yourself into uncomfortable situations is generally a good learning experience for sure i was gonna talk about mirrors because my mum doesn't like mirrors yeah so we didn't really have mirrors growing up we had mirrors in the bathroom and that was it and they were never like big mirrors or anything like that it was just like a normal bathroom mirror kind of thing Mm -hmm. like never had mirrors in our bedrooms or anything like that or full-length mirrors so i never spent much time in front of a mirror which is ironic because my mum's family is very imaged based Mm mm-hmm I would say, in the terms of like what they look like is very important to them. Less so my mum. Has that changed as you've, because you're no longer living at home, you're now at uni. Um, do you have mirrors at like in your flat? So I have a, like a kind of bathroomy mirror sized, which is up above, which is just like could mm-hmm. only get my face really so if I want to look at like what I'm wearing or anything I like have to use my phone or something I do want a full-length mirror and I just never end up getting them but I'm also kind of conscious of I keep like, ever since I was like year 10 I think I've like been asking for a full-length mirror yeah harshly because of like you know on Instagram how people take pictures of their like clothes <laughs> and stuff and I thought that Outside was like the oh, day that, yeah I'm like I really like that yeah and I I've just never gotten one and I've kind of come to realize that maybe that's a good thing. From my experience, <laughs> that is a blessing. Um, yeah. I've had a really interesting journey with mirrors, um, which sounds whack to say. I don't think we really, I mean, I had a full-length mirror at home in my room, but I think that's very normal and didn't really think much of it. And then coming to uni first year, I only had a little tiny face mirror in my dorm room kind of hall of residence thing. So I could only see my face. I had honestly the best body confidence year. (laughs) And then, you know, I have a full length mirror now. And at the beginning of the year, it was super problematic. And I just found myself obsessing over it in a way. And like, it's almost one of those, you know, when you have an app on your phone that you go on all the time and you almost don't even notice how many times, like how often you go on it until you like delete it or you move it or something. And you've got that automatic like thumb it knows yeah, where it wants to go. Like, oh, yeah. Like, oh, and it's uh, what am I doing? Yeah, and it's so hard to call yourself out on it. But I found I was doing that with mirrors, and then when the eating disorder stuff kicked up, um, I was like, actually, I am going to change it. So instead of having my full length mirror like vertical, I've now hung it up, and it's horizontal across my wall, so I can only see my face. And that actually, for body image stuff, was revolutionary. Because it kind of called me out on how often I was actually body checking and then degrading myself and just kind of digging further into my confidence. Yeah, because I find myself like looking in windows to see what I look like, you know, like body wise. Like mm-hmm. I, I like look in like reflections to be like, oh, how's it looking? Oh, yeah, you can't avoid mirrors altogether. Like you can try your best, but every, like there are reflective surfaces out there. Yeah, but I like I'd like to somehow stop myself searching for my reflection. Mm. Like, Connor calls me out on it. He's like, are you looking at yourself? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> like, and it's like, part of it's like, so what? Like, I'm allowed to look at myself. But then part of it's like, actually, 
it's the same as being on your fo- like going out on a walk right and instead of looking around you and enjoying the beautiful nature around you you're looking at your phone same premise of like instead of just enjoying what's around you you're fixating on your appearance in this reflection. yeah and you're obviously searching for something as well like some validation or some yeah something yeah like it's not just like a oh that's me it's like a hmm how's how's that looking how's that you know yeah does this look good and like i was saying before how my mom's family is quite image conscious Mm -hmm. it meant that body image confidence for me was like a big thing right which is kind of ironic because so basically i think what i've come to understand was that for them how they looked was their ticket out of a very unfortunate circumstance yeah and so it was very important for them to always look nice because that was how they were taught that they could find their way out of the circumstance. Mm. Um, but when you go through trauma like that, you can't just get rid of it when you're out of that circumstance. So for them, looking nice is still important and it's still a problem for them because they're mean to themselves internally about it if they don't feel like they look nice kind of thing. And aging's very hard for them and things like that because of yeah. it, which is really sad to watch because like, they're beautiful and you know like they shouldn't be worried about that stuff but it's very hard when you have that trauma but it just meant for me that even though I was very lucky and I was born into like a very different situation and my appearance didn't have to be what I relied on I still found myself giving it a vast importance Mm -hmm. yeah I think it's hard not to have what your body looks like as part of your value system like I know Mm. I grew up um and I was really fortunate that I didn't have like family members berating what I looked like uh, which I know many people can't relate to but even with that I still struggle with body confidence and body image and acceptance of what I look like and how what I what I look like doesn't actually relate the doesn't impact the things that I truly value like my relationships and being a good friend and making good content or whatever it is like actually my body doesn't relate to that but somehow it still feels so very important and often something that we jeopardize those things for like the amount of people that won't go out socializing because they're you know don't want to eat something or don't want to ruin their body imagey stuff or don't feel like they have an outfit yeah don't feel comfortable in what they're wearing um Mm -hmm. to go out is really it's really sad it's so upsetting it's so common but it's it's just taking away opportunities from yourself yeah which i think is where it comes back to like i was aware of that and that was my mindset to be like don't let your body get in the way of doing stuff you actually want to do which meant that i completely ignored it and didn't go well (laughs) i knew that if i looked nice there was more likelihood of people liking me oh yeah which is like it's a horrible thing to say but i was so aware of it i was hyper aware of it from a very young age of like if you're pretty and you look nice people will like you not just boys but like people will like friends with you and all this stuff like that and it wasn't for me like wanting to be popular or anything it was just like it's nice to be liked Oh. oh my god yeah you know like it's nice for people to just like you so that was a big value of mine which was kind of sad that I didn't realize how big a value maybe mm. it was playing on me especially in high school mm-hmm. like less so now 
but especially in high school and I think like I liked when boys liked me or I liked when like people liked me oh yeah attention's great I mean people are scared to say that but like I I did like it and like it gave me a and every time someone liked me it gave me a boost of confidence because it was like I must be doing something well because they like me Mm -hmm. which is where I've changed is that I can value myself and my own opinions more now than other people so I don't need people to like me yeah you don't need their acceptance um, and validation to feel worthy in yourself and to feel confident at that point like during high school I did because I didn't value my own voice or my own confidence you know so I needed other people's liking me to give me that confidence and I think that's also why when people didn't like me it hit me like really hard Mm. Mm-hmm. it's like the same with like mean comments versus nice comments like a couple of nice comments yeah they're like they're nice but you could have like a hundred nice comments and one mean comment and that mean comment means like the same amount as those a hundred nice comments put together um, yeah and I think it was the same thing of that it's it's so like temperamental to leave your confidence up to other people's opinions yeah oh god yeah no absolutely because you can't choose it like you can't change that you have no control over that it's just totally external and totally arbitrary and it's kind of wild that I spent so long putting it in other people's hands oh completely but that's such a common experience and something that I mean I relate to hugely is just kind of leaving it up to other people to determine my value and my worth and a lot of that comes from what you look like and who you hang out with and all of those what other people put value on as well yeah for sure um and I think that's probably where we've both done quite a bit of growth is in the area of bringing up those narratives of you know what makes me more valuable than other people or makes other people more valuable than me and then being like is that warranted and is that actually something that's bringing me closer to where I want to be or is it just yeah a redundant thing that's just making me feel insecure and feel bad about myself when I'm buying jeans (laughs) in terms of like other people's liking you and other people's value affecting your confidence social media yeah we all know that social media plays a big part in it and like different platforms do different things for Mm -hmm. different levels of confidence obviously but we were discussing this off here and actually we kind of figured out that we consume and use social media quite differently and that even plays a part in it. Yeah. How would you say you use and consume social media, Hannah? Um, I am a big old user of social media, and I hate to say it. I hate to say it. <laughs> um, but I am a big consumer of, like, Instagram and YouTube are my kind of main ones. And I have always had an interest in media and I guess just how people relate to others through this kind of parasocial relationship and how... You know, you can become attached and feel like you know someone through the internet when actually you have no clue. And you're trying to use social media in terms of creating self-brand for your future employment. Yeah, so I do a bit of radio, um, radio one hashtag, um, and then kind of haven't really known where I wanted to go, but always kind of tossed out doing broadcasting or, I don't know, some media-related field. And so that is for sure... um, a lens that I carry through in terms of what I post and what I put out there. Mm. I mean, I think people will say that they don't think of how 
others will think of them when they post and they're just like carefree hashtag posting um but you do create a brand when you're on there oh uh, definitely and if that's your brand is like i'm a really down-to-earth honest person who can share my weakest like vulnerabilities then that is your brand and if you're like i'm a party gal who gives zero fucks that is also your brand yeah see i would say I am a big scroller on social media, so I consume a lot in terms of, like, other people's content, Mm -hmm. but I don't really think about posting myself. Like, I'll very rarely post. It'll be, like, like, I don't even think about taking photos at events to post, per se. I've gotten out of that. I used to be more into that at high school, obviously, because that was, like, a big thing. Yeah, it's what everyone does. But nowadays... Yeah, like, I don't really think about it, but then I'll, like, I'll get a nice photo and I'll be like, oh, that's cool. Like, I'll post that on Instagram kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And with that also has been, like the change from high school to now of like in high school how many likes you got was so important to me like I was so jealous of people that got like like if I would get over 200 likes on a post I felt I felt so good about myself and I would like see what other people were getting and like how many followers other people had and like you know try and justify different things because it was like oh the more followers you had the more people liked you which was just ridiculous because it was yeah you like quantitatively putting a value on someone yeah and like it literally doesn't matter and I still catch myself sometimes where I'm like yeah me too (laughs) but like it's definitely less so now for me like I especially since the the Instagram took away the like numbers Mm -hmm. yeah but it was only in New Zealand well like they did it in a a few countries they use like us and a couple different countries as like tester spots yeah so when I went over to the UK and I updated my Instagram the likes came back and I was like sorry what whoa I I thought that was a whole thing no and I really hated it and I was like god damn it like I don't want these likes back they're not beneficial and I don't need them and when they weren't there I just didn't check yeah and now they're there and I do check right but so many things like that where it's like it's not even the consumption that you have of like oh that person looks really nice and that person's doing all these amazing things and they're over in Europe and it looks amazing and all that like almost fake consumption because realistically it's quite a edited version of the reality but also consuming like what people are interacting with yourself yeah the likes things really interesting I noticed that I think I felt better when I didn't see them. And then there was the option to bring them back mm. that they recently did. Did you choose to... I chose to keep them away. Yeah, I, I chose to keep them hidden as well. I was like, I don't need them. Don't want them. Don't want them, don't need them. Or even like Facebook profile pictures. Oh my God, the likes on there used to be the most important thing. And I once reposted a picture because it didn't have enough likes. That's <laughs> just totally outing myself. Yeah, no, proud of you. And just insecurity levels at an all-time high Mm -hmm. and we're talking about like i want to say 15 16 were the peak insecurity (laughs) yeah they were troubling times i can't work out where i because i feel like i was pretty late in terms of caring about my body like i think Mm -hmm. i was pretty late developmentally and i just i don't know i was pretty oblivious and i like wore my little wheat bix top around and was like (laughs) yeah i'm gonna go play sports now team i had boyfriends pretty young yeah i don't know if that was because i developed younger or it was just the people that i was around made me value things that i probably shouldn't have at a younger age that's part of it yeah that's the journey yeah yeah. so it made me more aware i think because okay the other big thing for me that's changed in that time is obviously I feel like insecurity level like insecurity change in terms of what you're insecure about but also 
that's because of the growth I've done in my mind that I'm I guess that other people have done as well I mean it's very hard to know where other people are at in terms of like their mindfulness of themselves Mm -hmm. um but I found myself especially from like year 13 onwards of kind of like being a hype person for myself and really like respecting my voice more yes because like I and I like started being very vocal about it as well like I don't like last this past summer when we were at the beach and like I've throughout my life I've had a lot of comments about my backside (laughs) (laughs) and it's something that like luckily they were in trend so I like liked it you know Mm -hmm. Yeah. But if they weren't a trend, like, I would have absolutely hated it, which is so ironic because it's, like, it has nothing to do oh with, like, God. what I like. It's just, like, oh, they're in the trend. The fact so. that body types can come and go as trends <laughs> is just it's ridiculous. phenomenal. I know. And even, like, I used to get teased for my big lip. Yeah. I used to get called fish face. And now it's like, oh, my God, you have those lips are natural. Like, how do you get natural lips like that and all this stuff? And now I'm like, <sighs> yeah, oh, I'm, you know, and I'm like, I'm supposed to feel so lucky for them now. And but I was supposed to hate them before. And but yeah, so like things like my butt and stuff like that. And we'd be at the beach and I would fight against it and just be like, if you don't like my ass, then don't look at it because it's there. And that's what it is. And you either like it and you look at it or you don't like it. Don't look at it. Not my problem. Yeah, not your problem. And things like that, but saying that like out loud, you know, like actively taking the time to change my mindset because it was almost if I, not if I put on a facade because I generally do believe that. Fake it you make it. Fake it till you make it, baby. Like I genuinely do believe what I'm saying. I do believe that like it's not my problem if people are looking at me and like what they see or don't like what they see. Like I can't control that. Yeah the amount of confidence I think I was protruding at that at those times probably was a false representation of how I was internally feeling oh wow yeah no because I remember you saying that I think you were saying that to me as well just be like just brush it off just brush it off and I was just like oh my god like I cannot proud of you for being where you are and absolutely respect it but I just in my head, I'm like, I cannot relate to that. Although I do aspire to. I mean, it sounds like this is something you've really worked on. Yes. What are some tips or things that you found really helpful? For me, it was all like mindset and how I was talking about myself and others. Right. So it's like language. Yeah. Because like a big thing was often if you're criticizing other people or you're criticizing other things, you're going to talk like twice as bad to yourself. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Whether that's being like, oh, my God, that girl's outfit is disgusting or like, oh, my God, why are they doing that? That's so embarrassing and things like that. If you're willing to think like that, then you're going to like hit yourself back twice as hard. Yeah. Like when people are really judgy of other people, um, I think in high school, I'd assume that they were really secure and like had this high vantage point of security that they could then look down on other people from. And then... The times that I've been the most judgmental of others are the times that I've been the most insecure of myself. Which I think is something that we need to be aware of. Mm. We often see people judging other people and we not, I mean, we don't like witch hunt them, but we do come down on them quite hard now in social media. Oh, yeah. You're not realizing that they're just depicting how they're feeling inside. They're being just as hard on themselves, if not harder. 
and we need to change that mindset you know because as soon as people are happy with themselves and talking to themselves in a really kind way then they're gonna start talking more kindly to other people mm, mm-hmm, 100% yeah that was one thing was just how I talk to myself and other people and I found myself putting a lot more value in just kindness and kind words and good thoughts and that in turn paid me with good thoughts about myself or instead of criticizing something about myself I would compliment something about myself yeah instead of being oh I don't like how my legs look today I'd be like your smile looks nice today or "Mm, hair's looking good you know because I can't control everything and I'm not always gonna like what I see but yeah I'm not gonna hate everything that I see as well I think a good point to mention as well is that a lot of the time at the beginning of that journey you're not gonna believe it You've got to also remember that like what you're thinking about yourself generally is like a very arbitrary in your head thing. So you could say, oh, but I don't believe it. What you're thinking in your head anyway, a lot of the time it's not real. It's not true. It's not actually what you believe anyway. Mm -hmm. It's totally fine to lie to yourself and make yourself feel good because it will end up being true in your mind. Yeah, I I struggle with that though because I'm almost like, Like, it's all well and good to say something that you don't believe, but I think if you don't believe it, it's not going to change. So you've got to pick something that you don't hate the most. (laughs) Um, Yeah, you can't just totally fake it. Like, there's got to be an element of, like, actually, I don't love it necessarily, but I am proud of this part of me or something like that can really... And, I mean, we're talking a lot of this about body confidence, but it can be generally about other things as well if you're just trying to generally improve your confidence of like actually I think I'm a really good friend and a really good support system and I'm really proud of that yeah and that can build your confidence for other things that was the other big thing that I noticed was that it's not just about body I realized that any negative thinking I was doing was only negatively detrimenting myself thinking negatively in any sense about the weather about friendship about like just anything it wasn't going to help me Mm -hmm. it was a waste of space basically in my head which is very hard to accept because a lot of times we'll fight that back and be like we're humans and we're allowed to not like things and it's like yeah you are allowed to not like things but if you use the space in your brain to focus on those things what are you like what benefit are you getting what are you doing other than just wasting time? But I decided that I didn't want to waste my energy on those things. I didn't want to waste my energy on like complaining about things because it wasn't going to get me anywhere. Mm. It was just going to send me in a spiral. So I actually changed it to think about what things I actually did enjoy or I did like and trying to notice those things in my life. And I found I had a lot more space and energy to do that because I wasn't consumed with negative things. Yeah, like overall gratitude leaks into other areas of your life. And it meant that when I was feeling really negative, I was way more aware of it. And I was able to evaluate it a lot more because it wasn't being bogged down by other areas of worthless negativity. So it was negative thoughts that actually were impacting me heavily. I had time to go, okay, why is this weighing so heavily on me? What do I need to do to assess this? Yeah, I mean, that's essentially like the essence of mindfulness is just being aware of your thoughts and being able to take that step back and kind of evaluate what purpose they're serving or how they're impacting your life and that takes 
a lot of practice to be able to take that step back. So I don't think if you're listening to this and like, yeah, but I can't do that. I think just trying is the first step in being aware of your thoughts. And there's something powerful once you find yourself being able to think for yourself, Mm -hmm. valuing that thought. Because we all can think for ourselves, obviously, but until you value that thought, you don't really value what you're doing or what you're thinking or what you're saying so you don't feel powerful in it yeah whether it's an opinion whether it's how you look whether it's interactions with people or anything like that like being able to back yourself is so valuable and that's how we grow confidence yeah no being able to back yourself I mean that means that your confidence isn't so at the whims of other people's opinions like if someone says that your idea is shit and you've got low confidence and you're just like that's it I'm done. Yeah. I'm a terrible person. I don't know where to go from here. (laughs) Um, If you've got built up self-esteem and you actually value yourself, stuff like that isn't going to take such a toll. Yeah. Giving power to your thought is just invaluable. And it's such an amazing feeling when you start to realize that you've got that power behind your thoughts and your mind it's a constant journey but oh it's beautiful when you get there (laughs) abby's like sitting on her little confidence throne being like "Mm, it's great from up here guys (laughs) i just i think i've always valued confidence to the fact that i've been able to work on it and that's not me being oh i've always been confident so i'm just lucky you know like it's something that i've actively worked on because i knew that i valued and i knew that all areas of your life like improve when you are confident yeah it was a constant work it's not something that's just been like easy smooth sailing thing but I think that's important because if you value it yourself then put time and effort into it don't just blow it off and say that you can't get there absolutely I have one other thing that I've found really beneficial in a journey towards confidence is to confront the consequences of your thoughts and I'll explain that a little further So initially this was kind of what I had to do towards the end of the eating disorder treatment plan that I had, but is applicable in all areas of life, is to kind of take those negative thoughts and then play them out. I think a lot of us have these narratives of like I'm too big or I'm not skinny enough, that kind of thing. Mm. And then you go, okay, hold up. We're not thin enough for what? What is this goal that you're actually trying to achieve and what value does that serve? You know, because your friends don't actually care. Like, what are you actually trying to achieve rather than just arbitrary goals? Yeah, so if there's something that you're, like, really insecure about or you don't think that you have the confidence for or just, like, general negative thought patterns, just kind of be like, actually, let's just play it out and fully finish the sentence because often they're so absurd and it's only when you kind of confront that that you just go, the logic here is so incredibly flawed that my thought pattern is not valid. Mm, And you can start to believe the other things that you're telling yourself. Yeah, that kind of when you see that inconsistency in a thought pattern, then you kind of go, okay, it gives you the permission to question other negative thought patterns as well which aren't serving you it means when those negative thoughts come back because i constantly get the you're too big thought constantly but it means that i'm able to talk it through in my head and every time it comes back it Mm -hmm. gets a little bit easier because i've gone through the conversation you've already got the tools to kind of bring it down essentially yeah which takes so much less energy which means that it's not this exhausting pattern yeah that it once was absolutely amazing oh my goodness i thought that was a really productive chat 
I feel confident. Some girl boss shit. Yeah. Confident as heck. We love that. It's been lovely chatting to you lovely people and we hope you enjoyed this little discussion on confidence and we'll catch up with you next time. Absolutely. Thanks for listening to Let's Go For Coffee with Hannah and Abby. Take care. See you later. Thanks for listening to a Radio 191 FM podcast. There are heaps more at r1.co.nz.